This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year, and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago. And never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough. And so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And today's topic, we are starting our 2020 seasonal breakdown and no absolutely not we're not doing it like everybody else we're not going to go the afc north or the nfc west we're, we're just not doing it that way what we're going to do is we're going to take a team that finished in the top 11 in scoring last year the bottom 11 in scoring last year and then the middle 10 and we're going to cover three teams a week that'll take us right up to about august august is when we kick off redraft and speaking of redraft I've got two guys to bring in. I'm going to bring in my, my co-host. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is good? Randy, Randy, Randy. Listen, no more rookie talk. For the love of all that is good in this world. And listen, we got a little bit of news on football today. I got I got a little bit. They said they are going to consider having student athletes play college football. If that isn't a good sign that pro football is going to play, whether we are sitting our backsides in the seats or not, at least I'll get to watch football. I know that just that's just a wonderful feeling. Absolutely. And we, we shared this on the the Wednesday show, but I, I love what they did in Germany with that soccer league where for 20 Deutschmarks or Euros or whatever the hell it is they use over there, you could buy a cardboard cutout of yourself and they would place it in the stands. It was now, one the, did you uh, did you see what the Korean Baseball League did, though? Uh, yes, I did with the, uh, the adult entertainment inflatable dolls dressed with masks and clothes. Which is unfortunate, but that, that was a good move on their part. Good marketing. And it's a great segue because tonight we're not doing this alone. We uh, we we have we, we brought our own Korean sex doll. That's not what I was gonna say. I was gonna say we talked about redraft in the opening of the show. We got our redraft brother. Um, he might as well be a member of the team. We love him like family. You know him as Kyle August of the Fantasy Football Fellas because a little spoiler alert: one of the three teams we're talking about tonight is the Dallas Cowboys. No bigger Dallas Cowboy fan that I know than Kyle. Kyle, man, what's going on? I, man, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything I can really say after that intro. When you that transition, I was a little, a little unsure of. But uh, <laughs> man, it's good to be here. It's good hanging out with you guys. When I, I got the bat signal call, I was like, hell yeah! It's been a minute, but uh, it's good hanging out with you guys. And I think Memphis, you and I have done probably I don't know three, eight, maybe maybe four shows this year, and I, I, this is the first one that I've been on here with jerry so you know it's, it's good to be hanging out with both, both of you guys well you, you, you we typically can't bring jerry around company 
he because uh, he, he, <laughs> he brings up the sex dolls. Is that why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he 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 equates our guests guests, not like a member of the family. Well, you might as well be, but sex dolls. I mean, that, that's where we're at. But there's no no more sex doll talk, no more Korean baseball talk, no more soccer from Germany talk. We're gonna get down to some football here in just a second. Um, Kyle, what's going on with the fellas? I know you just did a wide receiver episode recently. What's uh, what's going on with you and Seth? Yeah, man, we've been rolling through uh, my early 2020 rankings for redraft. Uh, like Jerry said, the rookie talk has has run its course, uh, and we felt like it was just a time to kind of take a look, see what you're going to be looking at in August uh, when those redraft uh, events start occurring. So not a lot of rookie talk there. You know, the, we all love the, the rookies for our dynasty leagues, of course, as all your listeners are more than aware of. Uh, and have been drowning in rookie fever, but for redraft, man, you just it's it's tough to predict these first year guys, especially with the circumstances we're under. Um, you know, having a huge impact, especially out of the gate. So we covered uh, quarterbacks, running backs over the last couple weeks, wide receivers this week. So we're gonna wrap up with the tight ends uh, next week. And man, it's it's been uh, it's been fun, like you said, to kind of turn some focus to to the idea of football being played in 2020. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. After spending four months, and they were four uh dividend paying months i mean we had so many great guys on including yourself a couple of times to help us with the rookie class that i think my 2020 rookie season came out phenomenal but i'm ready to turn the page in recent weeks jerry and i did our uh, our unfiltered uh you know things about dynasty the five absolute truths that people need to know about dynasty we recently did six guys that we are not trading in a dynasty league uh, just based on where they are. Those are some of our previous episodes, but this is going to be a part of an ongoing series. Before we get into all that, just want to hit you with a couple other uh, bits of information. If you're if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, there is a new Dynasty Happy Hour contractor. Uh, head over to the Dynasty Happy Hour feed, and it will be on there, um, along with other great shows like the flagship show with Tyler and Tim and Doug, uh, and some other shows like the Debbie Show and... All the great stuff those guys offer. Uh, Five-star reviews. Haven't had one since Wednesday, but we know we can correct that. Uh, you can leave them anywhere that you want to. And, and we appreciate the reviews. You guys have been reviewing machines as of late. Whatever podcast app you listen to, they have a share feature. Man, do us th that's just as easy. If you, if you don't have time to go all the way in and, and do the review and type something up, that's cool. You can share the war zone on Facebook right next to your grandma arguing about politics. You can, you know, you know, share it on Twitter. Um, but but we're, we're certainly looking to, to do some things. And I, I have a feeling that if you do share us to Facebook, your family and friends will appreciate not getting any more fattening cooking recipes, Donald Trump political memes, and all the other fun stuff that goes on Facebook. So share the War Zone, share it socially, and then come follow us. Follow us on the Dynasty War Zone IG handle and at Dynasty War Zone on the Twitter handle. All right, all the intros done. We're ready to talk about teams. Kyle, you're up first. Do you want to start with the best team, point wise, the middle team, or do you want to start in the dumpster? Uh, let's let's go. Uh, let's go. In the middle. Let's go with the middle. Well, the middle. What do you know? As the guy who writes the show sheet, -ha. Jerry, I did you a solid. <laughs> We're gonna get your pain out of the way. We're gonna do the. Oh yeah. We're gonna All do right. the. We're talking cowboys right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
There you go. We're going to talk the Detroit Lions. No, so here, here's some important facts about the Lions. Um, in points last year, they were 18th. So there you go. Almost right dead in the middle. Obviously, 16-17 would be in the middle. They scored 341 points. That's 21.3 a game. Uh, total yards, they were 18th. Uh, total plays, actually pretty respectable. They ran 1,021 plays. That was 12th. Not too shabby. How'd those plays shake out? Well, they were 17th in pass attempts. They had 571. And they were 10th in passing yards. I was <laughs> mildly surprised, given the quarterback situation. Uh, 3,900 yards and rushing plays. They were 16th in total rush attempts, which tells me they want to run the ball. They just haven't been very good at it with 407 attempts last year. And they were 21st in rushing yards with 1,650. Who's new? They brought in, I would consider, a more stable veteran uh, quarterback. I, uh, was it David Blau? Blau, Blau! David Blau, um, Jeff Driscoll. Those guys, um, they got a guy that's a little bit more solid, got a little bit better of a starter's pedigree to a degree. Chase Daniel is a new backup, a guy that I love. DeAndre Swift, uh, wide receiver in the fourth round, Quintez Cephas, uh, a running back, Jason Huntley. I mean, just throw another shrimp on the barbie, why not? And a guy that I think kind of went underrated as a, a slot receiver in Geronimo Allison to mix in with uh, Danny Amendola, who's gone. They lost J.D. McKissick to the Redskins. I, I don't think I don't think J.D. McKissick is a uh, is a significant piece, especially when you brought in DeAndre Swift and then tied in Logan Thomas. Ironically, also went to the Redskins. So Jerry, I, I'm going to give you the floor first. What did you take away from this team's offensive production last year and some of the guys they brought in? Okay, we have to start off with the injury to Matthew Stafford. The problem is, is last year's offense was not real. It was not what to expect from that team because of the David Blau and the Jeff Driscolls of the world. There's a reason that people wanted to throw Kenny Galladay on the trash heap last year as soon as Stafford went down. Now, luckily, my man showed that he is a true alpha and he is a man amongst boys. And he outperformed anything that I think any of us really thought he was going to be able to do with David Blau. The Lions are going to do, like you said, you were surprised by all the, the passing yards that they had done. Here's the thing that goes extremely unnoticed. Matthew Stafford was awesome in the first eight games that he played last year prior to his injury. He played in eight games. He had over three touchdowns, five of those eight games. He had a 400-yard game, two 340-yard game, I just a hair, just a hair below a 400-yard game to start the season versus Arizona. The dude was awesome. It, it, the new offense, they needed to take Jim Bob Cooter, and they needed to take him out back, and they needed to pull the trigger and just pop him one off. And they got rid of him, and they did it, and it turned out great. Daryl Bevel, here I thought they were just going to pound on Johnson 35 times a game and just pound the ball down and play boring 1978 Big Ten football, and it's not what they did. They came out, Matthew Stafford looked like a man on a mission. He was on he was on pace for another 5,000-yard, 38-touchdown season. He played half a season, 2,499 yards, and he had 18 touchdowns. 19 touchdowns, excuse me. The dude was awesome. I think that bode wells for the future, assuming the back injury is done now. 
backs are not something that you mess around with. So it, that is yet to be seen. But if he plays, I think this offense will be good. I think Daryl Bevel has them in the right state of mind, has the right scheme set for him. And then the second round pick comes into play. DeAndre Swift. Randy, I about crap myself the moment they said his name. And then after the initial reaction of, ah, man, he's going to fall down my dynasty draft boards. I immediately flipped into the Detroit Lions fan, and I almost did a backflip off the back of the couch. Now, I don't have the best insurance, and I cannot land a backflip, so I decided not to do that. That was a, a situation that I thought out thoroughly. Business decision. Yeah, it was... It was <laughs> <laughs> I think... I, on Johnson's still going to have a role. But I think as far as being a Lions fan and watching that, that team play, I think that offense is going to be fun. Kenny Galladay was a monster. This dude had less catches than he did the year before and had 200 yards more. He caught more touchdowns, and that was without Matthew Stafford. Now, if I get Matthew Stafford for 16 games and Kenny Galladay catching those oh-so-sexy Matthew Stafford just bombs down the field, yeah, he is going to reap the rewards of that. Marvin Jones, you know, we got to talk about Marvin Jones just because he's going to be the wide receiver too. He is a best ball gem. Because there's going to be two games where you are the happiest camper that you have him, and the rest of the time you're going to love those 35 yards that he has. I think the Lions, I don't know about Matt Patricia. I am sort of giving last year a wash. I know I will make fun of him, and I will do all sorts of things about him and Bob Quinn, and I will talk about how terrible they are because I'm an eternal pessimist when it comes to this team. But I'm going to give him a chance. And maybe that's just the idiot Lions fan in me that always falls for their crap. But I really do like Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford is one of the great quarterbacks in this league. Granted, not a lot of people around this state think that, but they're a dumb fan base. I think they're good. I think the addition of DeAndre Swift in combination with on Johnson until on gets hurt again, because guess what? Death taxes and on getting hurt. It's just, I think that's going to be good. I think the passing game is good. Please, for the love of all that is good, let TJ Hawkinson be relevant. That's all I'm saying. I just I just want to see him catch the ball. The first week against Arizona, my man went bananas. He looked fantastic. I thought that we drafted George Kittle, and I was going to be the happiest man that ever lived. And then the rest of the season happened. And it's what the Lions do. They rip the heart from your chest and they step on it. Listen, I'm going to give them credit. I think they're going to be okay. Gentlemen, is this the Lions fan in me talking? Well, I, I, wanna, I, I did a little research as you were ranting there. And I knew better than to let you start first with the Lions, but I did it to myself. Um, <laughs> I, I, I went back with Matthew Stafford last year. Marvin Jones, if you're a contender in Dynasty, yes. like... Like a legit, yes. con a legit contender, Marvin Jones through week nine. So he played weeks one through nine with Matthew Stafford. He was the wide receiver fifteen through the for his first eight games of the season. He was ahead of Allen Robinson, and not by a little, by twelve points more than Allison Rob by Allen Robinson. He was ahead You're of right D he was ahead of DJ Moore. 
He was ahead of Terry McLaren, and I mean significantly, like 22 points more through the same nine games. And it, it was bananas. He was averaging 19.9 points a game, including a 50-point week-winning monster. So if you can go out and throw a 20-21 third to a guy who owns Marvin Jones, I'm, with this with this lineup, and then uh, before I throw it to Kyle for his thoughts on this team, uh, Detroit. So two years ago, under uh, the Hooter, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, th- this team had a, a 61% three-wide receiver, a.k.a. 11 personnel, uh, formation share. Last year under Daryl Bevel, it was still 61%. The league average uh, last year was 60. So this this is a team still running a somewhat modern offense. Kyle, you're, you're up there in uh, NFC North territory in Chicago. Now you're a Cowboys fan, but what did you see with the Lions and what do you see going forward? Yeah, uh, Jared, I mean, you guys made some great points. Actually, uh, you know, when you look, Stafford was a top five QB last year in a points per game basis. He was on fire, like everything Jerry said. And we just need that health is the biggest thing. And unfortunately, with it being a back, you know, that, that's a concern. Um, but I like what they, you know, they did adding another weapon and Swift and and Memphis. You took the words right out of my mouth. I actually wrote an article recently with some, you know, some veteran winners um, from the NFL draft. And, you know, the Lions, as far as long term, they don't really have any of these receivers locked up. And Marvin Jones, like you said, is I think if you're a contender, he's a guy that you can go target right now. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be, he either is 30 or will be 30 by the time the season starts. So he's not under, he's in a contract year. So it, long-term is, it's probably, you're not going to get much out of him beyond 2020, but man, the dude was on pace for 80 catches and a thousand yards with, in those games with Matthew Stafford. So, you know, I, I think you can get a, a solid wide receiver three for, you know, for next to nothing right now. We actually, um, the three of us were in a startup, uh, over the last, and this is IDP super flex. So take that for what it's worth. But I drafted Marvin Jones at the end of the 27th round behind Quintus Cephas and Brashard Perriman. So I was just, I was thrilled to find Marvin Jones sitting there. He's my wide receiver five and I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Right. It's a super deep league. So, you know, I felt like it was worth the ad even for one year rental. So man, I, I really like the receivers in this um, offense. Stafford is going to be, you know, probably underrated for 2020. And, uh, you know, the biggest question marks, I guess, is just seeing how this backfield shakes out. And for somebody that has, you know, acquired TJ Hawkinson this offseason, you know, at a a little bit of a discount, I'm really hoping that he can return that value. So um, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the things that, you know, we saw from Daryl Bevel there really throwing the ball. And I, I think fantasy owners are going to be rewarded with, you know, a, a top 10 quarterback, you know, potentially, you know, top five wide receiver. I mean, Galladay was putting up some big t- touchdown numbers last year. You know, and, and Marvin Jones and a running back there that are going to be serviceable. And I want to add this before we uh, we do what dynasty owners love, and we're going to do some stock up, stock down, and stock hold. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about two guys. One is DeAndre Swift. Dynasty owners refuse to learn lessons from the past, and I don't know why. I'll go back to 2017 when the entire the entire college season. It was Dalvin Cook's the 101, Dalvin Cook's the 101, Dalvin Cook's the 101. Hey, Jerry, did you hear Dalvin Cook's the 101? Then all of a sudden, he went to Indy, had a bad three cone, and all of a sudden, guys like Corey Davis, guys like Leonard Fournette, guys like Joe Mixon started going ahead of him. Now he's had some injury issues, but he's been great. Last year, uh, in a league, the UDPL, with, like I said, guys from the Dynasty Nerds and guys from Dynasty Happy Hour and the DTC, guys that have been doing Dynasty for a long time. We collectively as a group let him go at the 203, A.J. Brown. 
and then he went out and became the rookie wide receiver one, as in the rookie wide receiver that scored the most points. We refuse to learn from our past mistakes. DeAndre Swift. Hey, Jerry, you're a big Debbie guy. Where was DeAndre Swift ranked in, in, in Debbie circles and as far as a 2020 uh, prospect? Uh, he got drafted the same year I drafted Jerry Judy, and that was Jerry Judy's freshman year. But but I and I, I guess I, I could have worded that better. He was the one oh one from like, yeah. from like really from the end of last college, from the end of twenty eighteen, all that season. Then all of last year he was the one oh one. We couldn't wait to draft him. And then all of a sudden like he's a lion, so he's the one oh five. And and, and and we got we got into this argument with somebody on Twitter recently. <laughs> and it it and it's because Yeah, it was that our, Honolulu blue and silver, man. Our our man uh our man Ray G Q brought it up. And I was like, you're just hating the landing spot. Learn a lesson. We love the talent. We love what this kid brings to the table. And the cool thing is, is that he does, I don't think he's a bell cow. He's not Zeke Elliott. You know, he's not designed to have 350 touches a year, receptions and rushes. Him and carry on are going to make a great one-two punch. Remember what Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler did last year. You can have both guys eat. In this lineup, I think both guys in Cleveland are going to eat this year. And then the one last thing, it's not really good for Dynasty or Fantasy, but I think that Geronimo Allison is an upgrade in the slot for this for this team, for Matthew Stafford. I think it will translate more for Stafford than it will for Geronimo. But this is a team, like I said, they ran 61% in three wide receiver formations, so he's going to be on the field a fair bit. And... The, the really cool thing is, is is everybody's down on him. You can probably get him off of the waiver wire because last year he was supposed to show out, right? He was going to be the guy who broke out in Green Bay. Well, Green Bay, here's a little sneak peek for you. Green Bay went from a 77-3 wide receiver formation share in 2018 down to 60 last year. They, they cut it by almost a fourth. So I don't think Geronimo Allison's dead. He's on a cheap contract. Um, it's, it means more for Matthew Stafford. Let's go around the horn. Let's do a little uh, stock up, stock down. I'll start with Kyle. Matthew Stafford, stock up, stock down, and then throw it to Jerry. Uh, is there a push? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stock up. I forgot. Stock up, stock down, or hold. Yeah, I, I think I think he's a solid hold. Uh, you know, they didn't really, like I mentioned, alluded to earlier, like they don't really have wide receiver prospects signed or you know, on the roster right now. So it's not like they added any serious weapons, but I do think what we will see is just a carryover of, uh, you know, this new offense and Stafford's success we saw last year. So I think his his value should, and, you know, he gets undervalued, so maybe I should say, you know, stock up. But in my opinion, he's always been a top 10 guy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say hold. I think he's 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 got a nice value for 2020 and in the next few years too. Jerry, buy, sell, or hold. Uh, I'm always going to buy Stafford because I feel like he gets perennially, perennially, excuse me, big words really messing with me, uh, disrespected. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think people understand that he was on pace for damn near 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards last year. Right. Because he would be an extreme buy from every contender. Like if you're in a rebuild and you, you don't want to risk that, I understand that too. But if you are a legitimate team that has a legitimate chance of winning and rubbing your friend's noses in it, Matthew Stafford has to be one of the key acquisitions that you go after at the quarterback position. So I'm I'm going to say bye. And maybe that's the homer. But I, I think it is. I'm with Kyle. He's a hold for me. Uh, and I said uh, buy, sell, hold. It's stock up, stock down, or hold. But whichever. 
he he's a firm hold for me if I've got him. Now, if I'm like in a really ugly rebuild situation and I can get one of the young guns out there, like a, maybe a burrow, maybe a little something on the side. I don't know if you'll be able to get that. But really outside of that rare scenario, I'm, I'm holding on to Matthew Stafford. I'll jump right into uh, on Johnson and DeAndre Swift, the uh, running back position. I will go on's obviously a stock down, and it's not just the presence of Swift. It's the, in, it's the injury history. And and when they're stocked down, they're kind of a hold at the same time. And then Swift is a buy for me or a stock up. I think people are slipping and tripping. And if I can get him for – if I could offer someone right now who's like – you know, you guys probably know someone in the league that took him with like the 108 or the 105, depending on if it's super flex or not. But they didn't love it. They just took him because it was a running back and they felt like the smart thing to do was take a running back. Offer that person your 2021 first. Worst they can do is say no. And maybe you walk away with a guy that you really, really like as opposed to the magic beans. I'll go back to Jerry. Uh, stock up, stock down, or stock hold on these two running backs? Uh, I'm going to say the same thing about Swift. He just looks, when you watch him play, he just looks different. He just looks like he is better than everyone that is on the field. And that is against SEC defenses. And the thing about the SEC is they pimp players right to the NFL. So the, that one's sort of simple for me. As far as carry-on, it's a weird situation. In a vacuum, oh, absolutely, it's stocked down. That's without a debate. But I don't think it's so low to the point where it's at now. I fit now, I haven't gone out and tried to get him, so I don't entirely know what his trade value would be. But I feel like people think he is going to be useless, and I don't think that's fair. I think he's still going to have a role. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say stock down, but I also don't think he's about to be Peyton Barber or something uh, like that. Fair enough. Kyle, anything to add? No, I, I think you guys said I was just taking a look at that same draft again, IDP, but carry on, man. He fell so far. He was picked a whole round behind Ronald Jones. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, they think there's enough, there's going to be enough there that these guys could be fancy relevant together. Um, you know, and everything you mentioned about the rookie drafts. I mean, I, I know on a super flex, I got Swift was just laying there at the 109, and I'm just like, you know, you just Thank en you. enjoy that value. Yep, you know, yeah. just take and run. So uh, I think there's room for both of these guys to, to have some value, but I think everything you guys said, just echo that. Well, then I'll let you go first on the wide receivers. Uh, you stock up, stock down, or stock hold on Galladay and Marvin? Yeah, I think I think with Galladay, uh, it's going to be tough to, you know, as far as, you're not gonna be able to get him at a discount. So I'm not necessarily buying him at a, at a, you know, a premium price. He's coming off a really solid year. Uh, like you said, the, t the catches, I think might've even been a touch higher, but the touchdown numbers finally came around cause he was a little bit down in 2018. So, you know, if I have, you know, if I have Galladay, I'm just going to kind of hold tight on him. I don't want to pay a, a premium for that. And, and we talked about Marvin Jones. Um, you know, I really like his prospects for this year. So I'm going to buy him if I can. I think his stock is up. I mentioned him as a, you know, uh, in an article recently, like I said, and it's just they didn't add anybody else. So I think his role will pretty much be what we saw last year. He's a little bit boom built in his into his price. So you can live with that. So I really like those two guys. I, I don't really have strong feelings about any of the other guys. Um, I know that Allen is in, in addition. They they brought back Amendola when they didn't have to, um, you know, but again, they need some bodies there. So I think those are the two main guys, and I'm I'm buying Marvin Jones if I can right now, especially if I'm a contender in 2020. 
you and I are on the same page. Um, I would say Galladay is a hold to a buy. I just bought a share. Um, he's in that age, that magical age 26 season. And I, he's in a contract year. And, mm. hunt, uh, and as Jerry likes to say, hungry dogs get fed. I think Kenny Galladay is going to ball out. He finished as the wide receiver 11. He's already got a wide receiver one season under his belt. Uh, coming to look for more, looking to come and get that Michael Thomas money. So for me, he's a stock hold if I got him or maybe even a buy if I'm looking. Uh, he's not going to be cheap, I can I can tell you. And then Marvin, man, people, to your point about the startup, I overlooked Marvin. That was in a spot where I was really looking linebackers. But, yeah, Marvin's a, a flat buy. I think if, if you haven't had your rookie draft yet and you offer someone the the 305 or something like that, I think they're going to snap it up in a minute and not think twice. And if you're a contender or a, a team that needs pieces, and remember, depth's going to be important. If camp shortened and, you know, guys coming out of shortened camps, we've seen it with holdouts for years. We see guys with hammies and other lingering injuries. Man, it's going to be a good year for depth. And then next year, we go into 17 games. So getting a guy like Marvin Jones, who, yeah, he's 30, but, yeah, he can contribute. So uh, I'm with you. Well, yeah, go and ahead. I think – you know, we'll talk, I mean, and, and we're going to talk about it, I guess, here in a minute too, but just the idea that these guys are going to be in, a, they're coming into familiar offense too. So they're not having to learn anything new. You know, they had an entire year under their belt um, in this offense. So I think Galladay and Jones are just going to, they can walk right in and be, you know, be effective as long as Stafford's out there. Correct. As long as these guys both avoid injury, they're going to be great because that's a great call. When you're in redraft, which is your specialty, you know, looking for offenses and coaching staffs that have multiple years together, which this one does, that's a fantastic call, Kyle. Uh, Jerry, stock up, stock down, and you can give us all three pass catchers. You can give us Marvin, you can give us KG, and then you can start with TJ Hawkinson. So I think you guys said everything that was to be said about the wide receivers. I feel like Kenny Galladay is sort of is what he is. I don't think he's going to jump into the Tyreek Hill Chris Godwin sort of role. I think he's sort of stuck in that end of the wide receiver one range, which is great. And that's fine. And I think with Matthew Stafford playing a full season, potentially, I think that makes it more likely. I'm not sure. I don't want to say he hit his ceiling last year because maybe he can do a little bit more, but I, Matthew Stafford just finds the open person. He doesn't just necessarily force feed someone unless it's Calvin Johnson, but Calvin Johnson does that. Uh, as far as Marvin Jones fully agree, he's disrespected. One of, one of the most disrespected guys in the league. Going to be a productive guy. And the fact that you got him at wide receiver five or six in the 27th round, that just pisses me off that I didn't <laughs> think about it and I didn't do it. Um, Hawkinson, he, the perception is a value down. Because we were talking about last year when he was getting drafted, we were potentially talking about he was a George Kittle. He was a, you know going to be tight end five, tight end six. And you know, guess what happened? Not that tight tight end is a volatile position and it takes a little bit of time to hit if you're even going to hit. So I think it's, I think it's stocked down, but I think that should be a good buying opportunity because he's probably not going to cost you an absurd amount. And there is the potential. We saw it with his very first game in the league. He blew up against Arizona. So, you know, it's it's unfair for me to talk about the Lions because in my heart, I hate them so much. But yet, as I've been sitting here talking about them, I've only had nice things to say. So I, I, I'm in a bit of a quandary myself. So for the love of all that is good, Randy, get us to the next team so I can say <laughs> something that's not biased. Well, hold on. we got to get a couple more things. Kyle, anything to add on Hawk? 
I, I think you're, I mean, he's right. The stock for the perception perception right now is down on Hawkinson. So I'm trying, I'm trying to buy him up where I can. Cause I feel like last year, especially, I mean, and I play in tight end premium as well. Like last year he was a first round pick in tight end premium, you know, and tight end just take a little bit longer. So you kind of have to build that in. If you're drafting in rookie drafts, I'm somebody else already dealt with that first year. Right. So if I can come in, get another year, you know, uh, closer to him hitting, I'm doing that. So I, I bought him up in a couple spots already this off season. Uh, and I'm along for the ride. So I'm, I'm, I'm team Jerry on this lion's positivity. <laughs> I, I think you're both crazy. I, I, I have him as a, as a, as either. A, a uh, we're whole, hanging up as a, yeah, we're out. Good doing the show with you, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I, I have him as like a, as a stock hold or a stock up. Um, I think he would be a stock down if this most recent uh, rookie class was a good uh, tight end class, but it wasn't, it was trash. So when you go to that owner who got him last year, he's just going to remember the first round pick that he invested in TJ Hawkinson last year. And he's going to want to let those, uh, let those dice fly and roll the dice one more time on one more season on TJ Hawkinson. And for me, he's a hold just because I really want to see to Jerry's point. I want to see how the coaching staff and how Matthew Stafford can utilize him. Um, coaching staff changes. There was none of those. And overall on the overall offense, are we up, down, or neutral? For me, I'll start with me. I'm I'm actually up slightly up on this team. I think they can certainly improve on 18th in points and 18th in total yards. I think if everyone stays healthy, which with this crew is a big if because Stafford, Jones, Johnson, they all missed time last year. If this team can stay healthy, I don't think there's any reason why this couldn't be a top 12, 10 to 12 offense, and you could really see some fantasy goodness out of this. Uh, what about you, Kyle? Just real quick, up, down, yep. or neutral? I'm with you up, man. I'm buying I'm buying in for this year. Jerry, your your opinion is both biased and welcome here. Uh, you notice how he said to do it quick because he knows I'm going to start talking. I'm not, not going to. I I think it's going to be up. You add DeAndre Swift. You add Matthew Stafford potentially for a full season. There's nowhere to go but up. All right. I was once told to save the best for last. So uh, let's go. Let's go south, even further south, and let's go to Miami. Now, Miami last year finished 25th in points scored. They scored 306 points. That's 19.1 a game. They were 27th in total yards, uh, just a shade under 5,000, 49.60. But the weird thing is, is they were 11th in total plays, which tells you how uh, inept certain aspects of this (laughs) offense was. They had 1,022 plays, which volume in fantasy is king. They were 12th in passing yards with 3,800. They were 7th in pass attempts with 615. And then rushing yards, 30. Second, just over a thousand, actually 1156, and they were dead stinking last in rush attempts with 349. So, who's new? Uh, Tua, Tua Tungavailoa. Maybe you've heard of him. He was the uh, fifth overall pick to these Dolphins. Uh, Matt Breda and Jordan Howard are going to be joining a backfield laden with such running back luminaries as Patrick Laird and Kalen Balage. Uh, no new real uh, wide receivers of note and no real new tight ends of note. Who's gone? Nobody worth a damn. So we're going to roll right into this. I'm going to go right into Kyle. Um, let, let's talk Tua. Let's talk Tua and Fitz. Let's get into the quarterbacks. Um, what are you thinking? Are they uh, you know players that you see as stock up, stock down? How do you think the quarterback position shakes out here in Miami? 
Uh, how I think it'll shake out is that if Tua can find the field, if he's physically able to, he will. Um, how I hope that it works out is that they say, you know, Fitzmagic, you are familiar with our, you know, a little, uh, little foreshadowing here. New offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey. You've been paired with them before. We, you know, we're not going anywhere this year anyway. We'll just let Tua kind of figure it out, sit behind you for a year. That works as much as everybody wants these rookies out there. Even Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. It was fine. You know, this is a situation that I, I do think, though, you know, the the uh, media and all that will pressure them into starting Tua eventually. And that, that's kind of kind of cost, you know, fantasy owners in 2020. I, I've seen Tua drop even in Superflex in a few drafts that I'm in into, you know, in the rookie draft into that 105, 106 range. So, I mean, if you can get them at a little bit of a cheaper price, buy them up now. If somebody just took him because, all oh, he was a quarterback, I had to take him, kind of like we said about uh, Swift earlier. You know, I, I want to do that. So, Unfortunately, though, this is just kind of a toxic situation as far as if you're wanting to count on either of these two guys in 2020. Um, Tua long term is obviously going to be interesting. And uh, the other thing is with Tua is that (laughs) you don't know what his weapons are going to be long term. I I think there's still a lot to be figured out there. I mean, they have some pieces for sure, but um, at least for for this year, early returns, if Fitz is there for, you know, the majority of the season, he's going to be really useful. But I just think it's a tough one to predict at the quarterback position. So are those guys stock up or stock down? Yeah, or, or I, holds? So I guess if to summarize all that crap, <laughs> uh, I would say two is still uh, he's a buy stock up. I, I'm still going to take him uh, in super flex for sure. And fits though. I think he's just a hold. You kind of, he's a lottery ticket. You scratch it off and you're more than likely going to throw in the trash can in five seconds, but uh, just too much uncertainty there probably. Man, that was so hurtful. So Sorry. hurtful. Jerry, what do you got on the Miami QB situation? Listen, I have lived this life that the Miami Dolphin fans are living right now. It's where you draft a quarterback, but you don't want to start him right away because then he turns into Joey Harrington. So you want to start someone else. You want to start Dante Culpepper, and you're going to let Dante Culpepper or Jeff Garcia give you a couple games. But here's what happens. You have... Jeff Garcia and old Dante Culpepper starting and they're not what they used to be. So you get four games in and you're one and three or you're zero and four and everyone on the radio starts rumbling and everyone driving down South beach starts talking about the two, Jersey that they paid for and they haven't gotten to watch him. And then eventually the GM gives in and it's probably too soon. Just like Kyle said, you know, we, it's usually detrimental to get these guys out there and then they get clobbered by the first giant human that smacks into them and it's never good. I, I think if you have Fitz magic, I think you're pretty happy with them. You have most likely either picked him up or you've held him on for the cheapest that cheap has ever been given to you. And so you're just happy to have him until he's no longer useful and you'll cut him. Tua something, though. So I, I do think we're going to see Tua. I think it's going to be the second half of the season. Maybe he gets banged up and gets taken back out. You know, it, who knows? I, I'm not a doctor, and I can't see the future. But I do think we're going to see the kid. And I think he has something. You come in as a true freshman, and you replace a starter at quarterback, and you win a national championship – that's unbelievable. You you have to just, you have it. And then the injury happened, and this was the whole Dalvin Cook terrible three-cone situation. Two is one-on-one. Tank for two, a tank for two, a two, a two, a two, a two, a two. That's all we heard 
all offseason about he was going number one. And then he got his boo-boo. And then the the doctors came in, and he still went top five. It, I'm not really worried about Tua. I think he's stock up, and maybe not so much now. I think this time next year, because he's going to struggle. It's not He's not going to come in and be Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to come in and be Lamar Jackson. He's just not going to do that. It takes time to adjust to the game. So I think this time next year, he's more of a stock up. I think right now I'm just probably probably chilling on him, just just holding him. But if, you know, maybe you're in that situation where he did fall in a draft and someone just took him just to take him because they got to 105 or 106 and they went, okay. You know, or if, if he was a luxury pick on a team. But I just, it's going to be a weird team because they didn't add tons of offensive pieces. So it's still going to be the quarterback doing a lot of the work. Randy, what are you, what are you thinking? You, you, you know, had, had some sour things to say about bashing of Fitz magic. Listen, first of all, you will not come on this podcast or any other for that matter of fact, and besmirch the good damn name of Ryan Fitz magic. That's first of all, <laughs> that's number one. Number two, um, I like some of the stuff both of you guys said for, for me, uh, Fitz is a stock down, which means I'm trying to sell him. Uh, and I'm going directly to the Tua owner, especially if that Tua owner is counting on him to contribute this year. I think it takes courage. That's the word I would use. It takes courage to bench Tua for the entire year and play Ryan Fitzpatrick. It didn't hurt a guy. Maybe you heard of him. His name's Patrick Mahomes. It didn't hurt him to go to the Chiefs and sit behind a guy who's probably better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but not that much better. And Alex Smith, they got him to the playoffs, and just see how this goes. If they get off to a good season, because this is a team that like won five of its last nine games and beat New England at home to take their bye away from them, this is a team that is okay. And if I'm head coach Brian Flores and the GM's last name is Greer, I believe, I'm not going to risk it. You got a hip injury. Yeah, I saw the video of you in shorts running around. Cool story, man. You're going to sit on the bench. You're going to learn from a veteran, a very smart leader in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we're going to give you the keys of the car in 2021. Let the fans be angry. Let them be upset because two is on the bench. Um, because currently, out of all the NFL jerseys, his home jersey is the number one selling, from what I've heard, and his road jersey is the number three overall selling. So there is a lot of love for this guy in Miami. I'm going to go right into the running backs, and uh, they brought in a couple. They signed Jordan Howard, formerly of the Bears and the Eagles, uh, and they they traded for Matt Breda. Um, for me, Jordan Howard is a stock meh, basically a hold. I mean, this is a team that doesn't really want to run the ball, and from what I can tell from Chan Gailey's past history, he doesn't like to run the ball either. So will, will Jordan Howard have a role? Sure, behind a, a bad to improving to young offensive line, I guess. The guy that I want to stock up for me is Matt Breda. I've been buying this guy everywhere I possibly can. Let me hit you with a little bit of stats on Chan Gailey the last two years he was in the NFL, which was 2015 and 2016 with the Jets. In 2015 with Bilal Powell and Chris Ivory, they got 100 targets combined for 77 receptions and 600 yards. Uh, and then the next year, it was Bilal Powell and Matt Forte, and they had 117 targets, and they converted those to 88 receptions for 651 yards. No mystery. We know how this passing 
target work is going to be split amongst this backfield. It's probably going to be three-fourths of the work to Breda, and there'll be a few checkdowns to Jordan Howard. I'm about that, Matt. Breda life, his stock is way up. Uh, you know we always reference the Dynasty trade calculator. He's going for about a mid-third right now. I just gave up a 2021 third and a taxi squad running back named J.J. Taylor from the Patriots to get Breda on a team where I'm a contender. I've already been talking about depth, and yeah, I like a lot of it. So for me, he's a stock up. I'm going to go right back to Kyle. Where are you at with the running backs? Yeah, kind of the same. I think both these guys locked out on on draft day. I mean, there was talk that you know they were going to take a running back. They didn't. Uh, Howard was already obviously signed before the draft, and Breda was acquired on draft day. I, I do think that Breda is given the edge just based off his versatility. Uh, Howard is just is somebody, though, that could kind of get, you know, you mentioned uh, in that 2015 season, Chris Ivory, 240 carries for just over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I think Howard could kind of just plot his way into, uh, you know, that 220 carries around 900 yards and and be a serviceable, you know, running back from that standpoint. But the, just the upside isn't there when you're talking about a guy who doesn't catch passes. So, I think both these guys have some has some decent enough under under the radar value with Breda giving the edge, especially you know kind of just the based off the things that you mentioned. So I go I kind of go stock up for both of them just because uh, of where their perception was. Um, if they're still a, at that same spot they were three months ago when it was unsure what their roles would be, I, I'm paying that price. Uh, and I, I do like how you mentioned the one of the biggest tenants in all of fantasy football, volumes king. And even if it's at 3.8 yards a clip, Jordan, yeah. <laughs> J- Jordan Howard's going to get it. Jerry, where, yep. where are you at with this uh, this this running back group? Uh, not excited about any of it. I think that probably goes without saying, though. Um, I was really sort of assuming they were going to take one and they would just have the role and that would be that. But life does not turn out exactly how Dynasty owners uh, hope it would be. I think they're both going to get workload, just like you guys said. I think Matt Breda is the better of the two options, and Matt Breda is only 25 years old, or he's going to be 25 for this season. So if he has a good year, there's a real potential that he gets resigned and is there for a few more years. And if there's one thing that Matt Breda has shown us, it's that that man never dies. <laughs> he can get hurt four times in each quarter of every game and somehow miraculously make it back. I once saw him holding his arm while he was still running the football. he's The dude is a fighter. The dude is good. Unfortunately, he's not going to get it all. Otherwise, I think it would be an extreme stock-up situation because Jordan Howard's going to get it, and Jordan Howard's going to just... You're going to watch Jordan Howard get four yards, and then you're going to watch Jordan Howard get one yard, and then you're going to watch an incomplete pass, and you're going to wonder why in the hell they continue to give it to Jordan Howard, and he's still going to be there just... Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> just give it to Matt Breda, because that's what's gonna happen. So I, like, like what Kyle said though. It before the draft, both these guys were in the mud and their faces were smushed deep into the mud, but they're not now. So I think they're both sort of stock up guys. I will have shares of Matt Breda. I will not have shares of Jordan Howard. There, there might be a game or two where he gets 70 yards and people are like, yeah, I'm really happy I got Jordan Howard. No, you're not. It's, you get rid of him at that exact moment because you're already too late, but maybe you have a glimmer of hope. So personal experience, their values are both sort of there. 
They're both sort of frustrating. It's going to be a frustrating backfield because it's not going to be a great situation for them to thrive in. But if I am going to acquire any of them, it's like you guys said, it's, it's Matty boy. I mean, so what Jerry said is both these guys are like the Brussels sprouts on your kids plate at dinner and you're going to get flicked off on the table. Listen, I like Brussels sprouts. These are like cold Brussels sprouts. Like I I don't want to, I I want some seasoning, a little, a little cooked on there. Remember when you're taking advice from Jerry, the man likes Brussels sprouts. All right, moving on to the, to the wide receivers. And we'll just go ahead and mix the tight end in here too, because there's not a lot to talk about outside of the, the, the two wide receivers. Uh, much like the running back position, you know, they were mocked to, to take uh, DeAndre Swift of the Lions we already talked about. I saw a lot of mock drafts that had them uh, taking him at the 26th overall pick. They obviously didn't. And the wide receivers, man, they didn't bring in any, any real company. Um, you know, no one really knew at the position of any real relevance. So it's going to be Devontae Parker over again for me. He's a hold. I want to, again, much like other people, I said this on Wednesday's show about Lamar Jackson. Let me see it again. I saw it, you know, about a lot of other guys. Let me see it again. And and that's where I would put Devontae Parker. So for me, he's a hold, but I think there's some upside there. And then Preston Williams. This is a guy who was coming on, not to make a pun, but why not? Like a hurricane, because Miami's in that hurricane yeah. alley. Uh, he was coming on hot. And they didn't draft anybody. I think they see these guys. And remember when Chan Gailey had two big wide receivers in New York with the Jets and uh, Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall? Man, I I could see some really good stuff here. So for me, Preston is stock all the way up. He's a hot buy. I'm going out. I, I would give up to a 2021 second. I don't think I would give a first. That's too much right now. Uh, and Devontae Parker, I'm not sure I'm buying, but I'm not sure I'm selling. I haven't sold any of my Devontae Parker because I held on to it for years, and I might as well sit back and enjoy the ride. So Parker's a is is, is a hold, Preston is a buy, and then Mike Gusecki, uh, the buzz is too much there. Uh, I want to see him. Gailey doesn't kind of like Bruce Arians last year with OJ Howard. He didn't have a huge track record of tight end success. That's kind of where I'm at with Chan Gailey in this offense. Now I have heard stories that Gusecki's going to be a big slot. Jerry knows what a fan of big slots I am. So we're going to see what's going on with Gusecki. Um, but for me, he's a, a, a slight stock down to a hold. I'll go right back to Jerry, and you can throw it to old Kyle. I do know how you love your big slots. Uh, All right. Let's talk about these wide receivers because I sort of like them. If we're going to talk about a guy that's pretty darn cheap and showed a lot of things, it's the big man, Preston Williams. Now, he got hurt, so he didn't play the second half of the season but he was getting some points consistently as a rookie and if that doesn't show you that they can compete in the league if they're doing it immediately i don't know what to tell you if the man plays the full season he's looking at sort of that terry mclaren type of season and his his draft stock you know goes crazy so he's one of my favorite buys he's one of my favorite cheap buys that i throw in as my wide receiver five or my wide receiver six. And I'm just, I'm happy to have him and I'm, I'll be happy to wait for him because I really think he's showing stuff. Devonte Parker is weird because here's the thing. If you have Devonte Parker, you're probably trying to get rid of him because like Randy said, you know, I got to see it again. I've seen one hit wonders before. How are you doing? Braylon Edwards, you doing okay. Oof. It's just, I, I, I want to see more. <laughs> That was a very subtle Michigan shot. Yeah, it was a subtle. <laughs> he broke my heart in 2004. I'll never forgive him. Um, 
but it's also sort of tough to buy Devontae Parker because if you're trying to buy him at the price of his production, you're trying to buy someone that had 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. That ain't a cheap buy. So it's sort of weird. I would say he's probably a hold to a stock up because I do sort of think he's in a good position to continue that. Maybe we've seen the best of him. But even if he's got 1,000 yards and five touchdowns, that's still a pretty valuable asset. Uh, As far as Mike Gusecki is concerned, listen, dude, I love the sizzle as much as everybody. I need to see some steak at some point. You're, You're good. And I have you on several teams because I've bought into that sizzle. Yeah, it's like you go to Chili's and the, the table next to you comes out with the fajitas and it's crackling and you can smell it and you're super excited and you're like, I want that. But then you get there and maybe I got a hair in it or something. I feel like that's what Mike Gusecki ha- is to me. Uh, not, there goes not, the Chili sponsor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Randy. I, really, I know scratch. it was in the works. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I was like practicing the jingle. It's like Chili's, baby. But now I can't do it, Jerry. You ruined it. Kyle, where are you at with these three pass catchers, man? Uh, yeah, I'm not buying Parker right now. His price is it. Whatever. It's this goldfish mentality. Was just a top ten wide receiver. I will. I will gladly keep him on my roster if I had him. But I'm not going out and acquiring him. Williams, though, I think you're right. Uh, I think the better days are ahead. The other thing that you can buy, you know, that you kind of build into his price is the fact that he's coming off you know, a significant injury, you know, that's going to limit potentially his production early on in 2020, but that's not why you're buying them. You're buying them for the long term. You're buying them to the fact that he's going to be paired with Tua and in 2021 and going forward, he's going to be on this squad. So I, I think that Williams is definitely somebody that I'm trying to acquire. I think the price tag he threw out there with a 2021 second is great. Um, I will do that. If he doesn't have the knee injury, you probably aren't even able to get him at this price because he flashed um, pretty well. But again, not adding anybody to this offense really leaves these guys out there to, you know, potentially do it again um, for what we saw last year. I, I just think as far as when you look at only 2020, for me, it's dependent on Fitzmagic being the QB. If he's the QB, I, I love these guys, but their, their production is going to be tough um, with two out there. as so he's trying to learn through there um, in being in the NFL and Gasicki pretty much the same Chili's fajita sizzles uh, five touchdowns of final six games. You know, people want this guy to be something. If I've, I've seen him thrown around there inside that top, you know, seven or eight at, at tight end for dynasty cash out. I'm good. I, I will move on to somebody else. I just don't know that, you know, his price tag is going to be any higher. I'm not saying I don't believe in him, but I think right now it's a little bit of a hype train going on. So try to take advantage of that. So what I heard was, is Kyle hates Mike Gusecki. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think we're all in the same boat. We're, we're all in the same boat of, I just want to see it. And and I, here's the thing. I know that's going to cost me more. And sometimes you have to gamble. But what I think, because to the great term, the goldfish mentality, all we saw was Mike Gusecki going crazy. But I want to see him in this new offense. I want to see him do it consistently. Um, I certainly think he has the upside. Um, coaching staff, the changes are obviously Chan Gailey. I think it's good for the running backs. I think it's good for the two big wide receivers. Man, if for some reason they were able to resurrect what Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall did with the Jets back in 2015, my goodness, I'm, I'm all in for that. S- sign me up. Um, so for me, overall in the offense, uh, up, down, or neutral, uh, I'm, I'm neutral to slightly up. And the reason why I'm neutral to slightly up is because I don't know that they can pass much more. Again, they were 12th in passing yards and 7th in pass attempts. I think that's about the ceiling. Um, but I think the, the slightly up is the running game. I think they'll be able to be a little bit more efficient, especially with better running backs. 
And that's saying something. That tells you how bad the guys that were in Miami last year really were. That guys like Jordan Howard and Matt Breda are upgrades. So for me, neutral to slightly up. Jerry, what about you? I think it's going to be down because the running backs are better. I think they're just going to be in closer games. They're going to be able to run the ball more. And they're not going to be down by 130 trying to just launch the ball. So I think it's going to be a more entertaining product. I think it's going to be a more entertaining offense. Overall, at the end of the season, I don't think it's going to be a ton more yardage and a ton more touchdowns, so to speak. Um, And that also is baked in with like what Kyle said. Two is going to be out there learning. So two is going to be out there making some mistakes. So it's going to be a bit of a struggle here's to hoping it isn't here's to hoping that dude is patrick mahomes and it makes everybody's life easier and we can all just accumulate miami dolphin assets which is something we haven't been able to do <laughs> since 1991 the year was 1984 it was dan marino and mark duper all right no um kyle where, where are you at bud up down or yeah. neutral on this offense yeah I'm going to go, I'm going to go down as well. Uh, you know, it, the running backs definitely make it a little bit more intriguing because there's some names there as opposed to just playing the roulette game of, you know, whoever the hell they were rolling out there, uh, you know, last year, I think I had Mark Walton on a team at one point, then he went out and punched somebody or did something stupid. Uh, you know, so it's going to be good that there's going to be some more rostable names, but I just don't think we see the same thing from Parker. Uh, and just the uncertainty. If I knew that there were, that fits Matt, if they were just going to say, Hey, we are red shirting, Tua for the whole year, you know, that I'm probably at least more on board with them replicating last year, especially even though it's a new OC, the familiarity that he had, that Fitzmagic has with Chan Gailey, I could buy into that. Um, but for now, I'm just going to, I'm going to go probably, you know, closer to down. Well, I will give you guys this. I, I'm probably going to go from neutral to slightly up to just neutral. Uh, I forgot how good this, this defense was toward the end of the year. And most of their free agent dollars went on defense. Oh, they they, they just, added they added some corners. They added some pass rush. So so they, they, to to both of you guys made great points and, and kudos to both of you. Um, that defense is going to be better. So the need to be in shootouts like that could be uh, not as prevalent. So great call there. All right, let's get to the third and final team. Uh, we're going down to Kyle's favorite team, deep in the heart of Texas, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like sounds like my cat is gonna throw up. Are we, are we uh, dropping a beat or? <laughs> no, uh, I, 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 I literally started looking around for my cat. I'm like, oh my god, I know the dog's down here. Is the cat down here? I gotta clean this shit up, stuff up. Uh, anyway, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they finished sixth in points last year. Was 434, 27 a game. That's fantasy goodness. Uh, total yards first, six thousand nine hundred and four. Uh, but sixth in total plays, 1,069. They were second in passing yards. Uh, now this is, mind you, cumulative of the team and not just Dak. Um, 4,845, and they were 10th in pass plays. So second in pass yardage, but only 10th in pass plays. 597 rush yards. They were fifth in the league, 2,153, and eight in rush attempts with 449. Who's new? Oh, this new hot rookie, maybe you've heard of him, maybe you haven't. His name's CeeDee Lamb. And that's really it through free agency and the draft on the offensive side of the ball. This is a team that had a lot of question marks on defense. Um, And then really a guy I would consider to be a blocking tight end in Blake Bell. Um, I believe he came over from Kansas City. Who's gone? Uh, Randall Tex Cobb is now, he stayed in Texas. He went down to the Texans. And then Jason Witten 
if there's ever a guy that does not fit the the look of the Raiders, it's Jason Witten. He like comes in there in his dad New Balance shoes and you know telling horny jokes and all these new wide receivers and players are looking at him weird. But uh, Witten and uh, Randall Cobb and their combined over 200 targets are on down the road. Uh, I'm gonna go right to to Kyle. Um, how did you like the off season? And then tell me. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention late addition. Andy Dalton also to the team as a, as a solid backup quarterback. Wink, wink. If Dak doesn't get his <laughs> if Dak doesn't get his act together, it could be the starting quarterback. But Kyle, this is your team, man. Um, tell us what you thought about the off season, and then you can t- uh, start talking about Dak stock up, stock down, uh, or a hold in Dynasty. Yeah, that, this is uh, this is tough for me because kind of like what Jerry said. Like I'm by I'm, I try not to be, but I'm biased as hell, man. And this. This team has uh, had a tremendous offensive season last year. For from just NFL success, they did what they always do, and they call they come up one game short, and they just keep you on the hook long enough, and then kick you right between the legs. But from a fantasy perspective, man, these guys were on absolute fire. You talked about it, um, you know, as far as the passing game was clicking. Uh, they retained Kellen Moore despite the turnover as, at the head coach position for the first time in a decade. Um, so I really like that. There's going to be some continuity there. You know, you mentioned the guy that they didn't add much on the offensive side of the ball, which is correct, but they retained Dak Prescott one way or the other. He's tagged, can't go anywhere. They re-signed Amari Cooper on a very fictitious $100 million contract, uh, and and they spent the early draft capital like they should have on on best player available and not on need. Uh, so I, I thought as, you know, as a whole on this team, I, I really like where they're at. They added a huge weapon and CeeDee Lamb, and their, their defense is going to be – bad I, it's going to be bad again they're going to have to throw the ball unlike the Dolphins who spent all the big money on their defensive side to improve uh their defense including bringing in former Cowboy Byron Jones the Cowboys are going with this patchwork you know dream team of 2015 haha Clinton Dix Gerald McCoy all you know you got Smith they're gonna bring in uh Gregory maybe we'll be back uh they signed uh Don Terry Poe I mean it's all these old dudes they're not going to be able to put this together to as far as to improve on that defense. So this offense is going to have to put up, up once again. And that's why I love Dak Prescott six and pass attempts last year, just under 600, 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns. Uh, it's, it's tough jumping from no, his first, I believe three years as a starter, no more than 23 passing touchdowns to jump all the way to 30. But I think there's some telling signs with that and that being Kellen Moore taking over as the offensive coordinator. So you know, for me, Dak is, is a big stock up guy. Not only did they retain Cooper, but bringing in CeeDee Lamb and this defense continuing to be pretty horrible. Uh, I, I think Dak is, is the top three quarterback right now. Um, you know, obviously very safely behind Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. But I don't know, man. I try not to be a homer, but I really love this offense for, for a fantasy perspective. And, and I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. So if you bought him prior to his 2019 season in Dynasty, you are loving life right now. I actually have one share. It's in a league that the three of us are in together. I bought him yes. for some uh, for some picks. Damn you. <laughs> uh, I, I got him at a, at a pretty reasonable rate because that guy had, yeah. Lamar, had Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady, and it was a 1QB league. And I'm like, buddy, I, I can't give you all that. I know he's good. For me, especially in a super flex league, he is my QB three. Um, obviously, one is Mahomes, two is Lamar, three is Dak. And I'll listen to you if you want to talk to me about – Deshaun Watson, but I will give you the Heisman stiff arm in the face if you come at me with Kyler Murray. All this guy does is is give you wide re- excuse me QB one seasons. That's all he's done since he's been in the NFL. Four years of it. I've got a four year sample size. He's got arguably the best 
collection of receiving targets he's ever had in his career. He's coming into his own as a quarterback. He's mature. And I heard earlier in the week on a podcast with Ed Werder, who's you know formerly of ESPN, about as patched into the Cowboys as anybody you will find. And he said that the, the long-term deal with Dak will get done by July 14th because by the 15th he has to play on the franchise tag and negotiations have to stop for the season. Don't sweat it. Don't let it bother you. Go out and get you some Dak Prescott stock all the way up. I love him. Jerry, what do you got? And then uh, you can talk briefly about Zeke because on Wednesday you professed your love. Dak Prescott is QB3. I It's not close. Sorry. Uh, we can talk about Deshaun Watson if you want to, but he's in, he's much closer to Kyler Murray than he is to Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CD lamb. Are you freaking kidding me? This man has been a monster. Listen, you don't, I'm not biased. The last time the Detroit lions went to the playoffs, the Cowboys broke my damn heart. Like everyone else in the rest of this country. Sorry, Kyle, we hate the Dallas Cowboys, but if you are not excited about the things that that offense is going to do as a fantasy football player, you are a dope. Zeke Elliott. Fantastic. The beacon of consistently from consistency from the running back position, Amari Cooper, you know, whatever. We're going to hear about Amari Cooper forever. He's just never going to go away. He's always been good. He's never been great. Michael Gallup, sorry. He's the, I talk about disrespect. That dude got disrespected because CD Lamb is joining there. He's still going to be great. CD Lamb, monster. Let me give you folks a little, a little peek inside of Jerry's draft night process. <clears throat> a transcript from a certain message group that uh, all of us are in. Here we go, at Kyle FFL, as Jerry says, on April 23rd uh, at 10.15 p.m. The next reply was one minute later by a person, one truly, Kyle August, all capital letters, LAMB, PLEASE GOD. (laughs) Five minutes later, because it's the NFL, and of course they had to wait once they said the pick was in for five minutes there you go and there's going to be a little bit of vulgarity here with kyle's response so i'm giving you enough time and i'm delaying long enough so that you can earmuff your children <clears throat> kyle august 423 2020 21 p.m my balls are empty <laughs> unquote if that tells you the excitement that this man had for cd lamb and listen cd lamb is awesome and you added him to freaking Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. And you got Zeke running the ball. What is there not to love about this team? And Randy, for the love of all that is good, I really do hope that they sign Dak Prescott because dude is just set up. As much as it rips the heart out of every human being that is an NFL fan, the Cowboys are going to be so fun to watch. Period. Well, well they, they need to be because they're going to be on TV more than Law & Order reruns. I mean, yeah. you, 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 won't, <laughs> you, you, you won't be able to turn on a TV. Um, Kyle, I don't think I need to ask you, but where are you at on Dak? Uh, up, down, or uh, a hold? Up, 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 man. Yeah, everything, man. It's, he's he's going to, like I said, the touchdown jump might seem, you know, those are the, usually the things that I tell people like, hey, pump the brakes. Like there was a track record of him not getting that. Now, but there, I think there was enough to show why that changed. So I think this is the new Dak Prescott and he is like, he's just loaded. So Jerry apparently did, <laughs> did, a, did me a favor and read that, uh, that text group, but uh, man, I'm excited as hell. Dak Prescott, man, he's QB three. 
All right, and then uh, Zeke's a hold for me. Zeke is uh, a stock neutral. It's it's hard to you know get much higher than the top of the mountain. He's in the big three. Um, we've seen guys like Alvin Kamara fluctuate there and a few others, but if you're going running back, it's pretty simple. It's McCaffrey, it's Barkley, it's Zeke, and he's going to keep on doing it. He's still a young guy. He's firmly in the middle. Let's get in these wide receivers, man. For me, I'll tell you, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with the, 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 the big guy, the guy who got all that cheddar, Amari Cooper. He's a stock down for me. And what do you say? You know, they're paying him all this money. It's a two-year deal. They can get out for a $5 million dead cap, if I remember correctly, uh, in 2022. And by then, C.D. Lamb will be more than capable to uh, take over as potentially the one in this offense. And here's the thing. Amari Cooper's tough. He's tough as an old boot. But that's the problem, is that I've always questioned his motivation, even though he's tough. And we just gave him 100 million reasons not to be that motivated. And 60 million of them are guaranteed. So I, he's the one that I question. Uh, the biggest buy in this group for me is Michael Gallup. The team threw the ball 600 times, 597. There's more than enough to go around. There's plenty. I mean, the league leader last year, the target hog of all target hogs, Mike Thomas, had 193, I believe. I mean, you could give 150 to Amari, you could give 100 to each of the two wide receivers, and you would still have 250 for the tight end and backs, which is way too many. There's enough to go around. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and call one of my 2020 hot takes today that C.D. Lamb leads this team in fantasy points in 2020. Not 2021, not 2023, 2020. This year, as a rookie, uh, Randall Cobb and Jason Witten leave behind 200, 200 targets. He's only got to get 120 of those just to be absolutely lights out. We slept on this position in our rookie drafts. Um, we were so excited to get all these running backs and quarterbacks that we slept on this guy. And we're going to look back and we're going to wish that we had. So he's still a buy for me because I think his stock can only go up. So before we get into the tight end and some other stuff, I'm going to throw it back to Jerry and then give Kyle a few minutes. So I tend to agree with C.D. Lamb because we really did just sort of focus on the running backs and the quarterbacks in these drafts. And he he landed in Dallas and everyone went, that's great for Dallas, but that sucks for me. He's like the DeAndre Swift of the wide receivers of this group where he landed in a spot a little bit different because he actually has a ton of talent surrounding him where the Lions are just a poop organization. So, But CeeDee Lamb, I, I like the call. I tend to be on the side of Michael Gallup. I, I don't know what it is. I just like the dude. I, I think he's awesome. But CeeDee Lamb is definitely up for me for the fact that it's, you know, people don't think he's going to accomplish what he did as a prospect. As a prospect, loved everything he did. But then now you think just because he has some competition that he's not going to be able to overcome. Listen, if he can beat the guy in front of him, Dak is going to get him the ball. And I think C.D. Lamb can beat the man that's in front of him, and he'll get plenty of those targets. So I, I like that call by you, uh, Randy. Really, I think I am up on Gallup, or I'm a hold on Gallup, because his his value has taken the hit because of the addition of C.D. Lamb. Uh, but I think his production... I think it's about going to be the same, which is damn good for me. And I'm also with you on Amari, not to just completely echo chamber this thing, but 
I don't want to say the money is going to be the reason that he's not going to be productive. I just think Amari is what he is. We we've seen what the man can do. He disappears for chunks of, of games and for seasons. He always has. And now there's more competition from an elite prospect. I think we're going to just see that again. It's, it's sort of frustrating as a person that really liked Amari. And, you know, when Amari was coming into the league was right when I was first starting to get into Dynasty. So I, I he has always been around and he's always been an intriguing guy. But yeah, I honestly, I'm pretty much chalk with what Randy said. And Kyle's going to tell us all that they're all going to get 1,300 yards. Real quick before we throw it to Kyle, it's it's been said that money is just miracle grow for your faults. And they just put a whole crap ton of miracle grow on Amari Cooper and all his faults. So I'll, I'll be happy to be proven that I'm wrong. I want these young men to be successful. And if he's successful and I'm wrong, that's a, that's one I'm willing to take. Uh, we'll see a year from now. Kyle, where are you at? Stock up, stock down, or stock hold from a dynasty perspective with these uh, Cowboys wide receivers? Yeah, you guys, I, I think... I, I agree with a lot of what you guys said. I think Gallup, the perception is that he is going to, that he took a hit with this. So I'm, I'm buying up wherever I can. He, he's definitely somebody that I'm holding on to. I'm not selling any cheaper, you know, than what, and yeah, we all were looking forward to the magical third year and all that and blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, is that he's still going to have plenty of opportunities. Even with C lamb there lamb was, I mean, I was taking him. I mean, I know it's most people are going to say this is not the right way to go, but you know, I thought that he was a great fit for this offense that he can produce right away, which I'll, you know, uh, and I'll echo some of what Randy said in a second, but you know, I, I was taking lamb inside that top three in non super flex. And I have been a lot of space. I think he's going to be set up to be the alpha there sooner rather than later. I, I think the only drill difference is for me at Mari Cooper, if the perception on him is down, I'll, I'll take him. Uh, he's super boom bust. So you, you have to live with that. He's not a top five guy. I don't think he can be, but he will continue to, the good, the great thing about Amari Cooper is, and while he'll be perfect for Gallup and Lamb to continue to have value, is he doesn't demand or get the 150 plus targets. Last year, he had over a thousand yards, eight touch, 1100 yards, eight touchdowns on 119 targets. That's perfectly fine. That's what he'll get. Dak will spread it around. Michael Gallup had seven less targets. Um, so I think Cooper can be, you know, that kind of boom bust play. It, it stinks. We mentioned with Marvin Jones, a lot easier when that guy's your wide receiver three versus your wide receiver one or two. Um, but if I can get him at a discounted price, I'm still fine. Cooper's going to be in Dallas for probably the next two years paired with Dak Prescott, who we just rant and raved about. So I think, uh, I think Cooper, I'm buying him if I can. Um, you mentioned, it's funny, man, you Memphis, you were throwing out lamb leading, uh, this team in fantasy points. I mean, that's what I, the notes I have, man. And why I prepped with this is my initial reaction when lamb landed in Dallas was obviously documented by Jerry, but I was <laughs> from a fantasy perspective. I'm like, ah, damn it. You know, it's, it's crowded there, but, it's really not. Like I said, Cooper doesn't take those Uber alpha targets. Um, if you look at what you like, what you mentioned, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten, no longer being there. They oddly enough, both had 80 plus targets last year. So if you, if you look at CD lamb, I think you can pencil him in easily, give him, you know, the Randall Cobb treatment and part of what Jason Witten saw. Uh, and you, you have a path there for 110 targets, eight around 80 catches and a thousand yards in year one with all three of them being there. So, I think that there's a chance that all three of these guys get over a thousand yards um, this season are all serviceable. I mean, I think that in this offense, McCarthy will have his hand on a little bit. They'll play a little bit more three wide receiver um, and, and get these guys all involved. So I, uh, again, I, I don't want to be biased. I don't want to come across the way, but 
just give me all of this offense. All right. Um, we're going to go into the last position player, and that's a guy that I love, so I'll go last. Um, Kyle, right back to you. Blake Jarwin, man. They, they, so they, gave, they gave him some money, gave yeah. him a couple of bucks. What do you think? So here's, like you said, 600 pass attempts. There's going to be some to go around. Blake Jarwin last year uh, had had 30 receptions, which is, isn't bad for a backup role, had three touchdowns, and is now going to be the, the tight end one uh, in this offense. So I, I think when you look at his numbers, if he can – you know, keep the target share that he had and get even 50 to 60% of what Jason Witten had last year, which is again, uh, 83 targets, 63 receptions. Jarwin in 2020 could still be in line for just short of 700 yards, five, six touchdowns. That's, that's a serviceable tight end. Uh, I think that, you know, Memphis, you've talked about him. So I, I've been keeping an eye on him in all my leagues that I'm not in, in with you. And, you know, his price tag was a little bit higher, and then they drafted C.D. Lamb. I think it's still fine to go get this guy and expect, you know, streamable, low-end, tight-end one numbers um, from Jarwin in this offense. I know it seems weird to say that everyone's great, but like I said, this defense is going to suck. They patch, they, they just patched it over with a bunch of old retreads, and they have spent no money on that defense outside of Lawrence and, and Jalen Smith. Two guys ain't going to do it. So, and they're bringing in a new system. On, on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I think Jarwin, I had him inside my top 10 before the Lamb uh, draft pick. He's he's just outside that for me right now, but he's still hovering right there around that, you know, 12 to 14 range. And people are probably going to be down on him with, with another mouth to feed with CD Lamb being drafted. All right, Jerry, uh, where are you at with Jarwin? Here's my thing with all these tight ends. Good luck. It, it, there's, a, there's a real chance they finish tight end six there's a real chance they finish tight end 22 mm -hmm. he's i i don't think he's special uh i think there is a lot going around i think he's one of those guys that if i wait in a draft and i end up with him i probably will draft like let's say this is a redraft i'm definitely drafting more than one if blake jarwin is my first guy i'm, I'm gonna draft two or i'm gonna draft three and i'm gonna hold on and see which one hits it's he's just one of these guys um i don't think he's super special i don't think he's going to be some supreme talent that we're going to look forward to is he a guy that like kyle say could finish tight end 10 12 yeah hell yeah i think that's probably about where i would draft him to he's one of those the last guys that i'll take and be okay that i have him i would i won't be in a panic if i get blake jarwin so he's your man's you talk about him <laughs> he, yeah, he is my, he, he is my man he was my uh last year I was all about Austin Hooper. This year, I'm all about Blake Jarwin. Here's the thing. Amari Cooper, going to be there, but Randall Cobb, he's gone. Randall Cobb leaves behind 83 targets. Jason Witten leaves behind another 83 targets. And Blake Jarwin had 41 of his own. That's 207. So let's take that 207, and this is how I kind of see that going. I see 124 of those going to... C.D. Lamb, which is a hell of a rookie target share, by the way. 120 targets, that's big time. And I see 86 of them. I think I did the math right there. I see 86. I'm only giving, him, I'm only giving Blake Jarwin his 40 back, and I'm giving yep. him half of Jason Witten's. That's 80 targets. Uh, both he and Witten converted a 75% catch rate last year, so that would be about 65 receptions. I like Kyle's math of 700 yards, and then combined they had seven touchdowns. Let's just, let's just shave one off and call it six. So that would be 65 catches, 700 yards, six touchdowns. That's tight end one all day. 
That's a tight we're, end. Man, we're on the same. We're on this, dude. The, my numbers are like almost identical. I, I mean, I have ninety targets, sixty-eight receptions. I mean, uh, it's, it's perfect. It's and it's not a, a huge target share. If Dak passes for another six hundred, that's like, uh, I don't know, quick fifteen percent. Top of my head, fifty. I think I did that right. Fifteen percent target share. That's not a ton. Um, I don't know. I, I I see big things for this guy, and he's virtually free, mm-hmm. and they paid him. You know, follow the money. Follow the, 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 they let Jason Witten walk. This is a new regime. Again, I'm not getting off my skis to overpay for Blake Jarwin. But if I'm going to chase young upside players in Dynasty, I'm chasing them on good offenses that are going to be together for a while. Dak, have a feeling he's going to get paid. Zeke, just got paid. Jarwin, just got paid. Amari Cooper, just got paid. Lamb, rookie deal. Gallup rookie deal these guys aren't going anywhere this is a great young offense to invest in so i'll go ahead and answer the question you guys covered the coaching staff yeah mccarthy's new but kellen moore is still going to be the offensive coordinator and the uh the head coach mike mccarthy said he was going to default a lot of the offensive play calling to kellen moore and the defense is bad no need to say it again the defense is bad and uh, so for me, up, down, or neutral, it's hard to say that a team that finished, you know, as high as they did in points at sixth overall and they were first in total yards, I think it's still up. I, I don't think we've uh, I don't think we've hit the ceiling. And I don't want to leave out Tony Pollard. I do like him. But as long as Zeke's there, he's like a nice high-end handcuff. That's really what he is. He would be a hold. If you hold him, you got him. Just hang on. If anything were to happen to Zeke, because it hasn't in the first four years of his career besides stupidity, which you, just as predictable as injury, for what it's worth. Um, th- th- that's where he could have some value. So, Kyle, I'm going to let you go last. Jerry, stock up, stock down, stock hold. Stock up. I, it, there's a real chance this team finishes with the best offense in the league. What do we see when teams go to the Super Bowl? They have a setback. And yeah, Kansas City added Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but there's a real chance that they all drink too much champagne and they don't take it as seriously. Cowboys are hungry. They didn't hold up the Vince Lombardi trophy last year. They still want to hold up that trophy. I, It's easy for me that it's up. I, I think this offense is going to be the best offense in football. Bring it home, Kyle. And I hate it. And, and I hate it. <laughs> I And I love it. Uh, <laughs> I hope that this actually translates to some actual success uh, as far as an NFL record. Uh, I hope that they can freaking somehow win this division and make a run. I really hope that they, they can figure that out and they can piece it again with all these old retreads on defense, but hell with it, man. If we're talking for fantasy football, you're talking about, in my opinion, just, you know, five really solid every week starts um, by the time we get rolling in 2020. Uh, I think this is going to be a great, a really fun w- offense to watch for fantasy. You're, you're talking about just some, some really, uh, so, some really high production numbers when you're, when, when you're talking about the opportunities this offense so i am 100 in up 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 by i'm trying to get any piece i can and if that's and if that's just uh you know michael gallup for the cheap i'm good with that give me that i'll take the down if you think he's the three i'm buying that you know so give me a piece of this offense uh, i i will just uh i will just say this we didn't mention a lot about andy dalton he is 100 wide receiver and tight end insurance for this team not only for the actual Cowboys, to Kyle's point and Jerry's point, they have Super Bowl aspirations, but 
Go back and look at Andy Dalton to start his career. It was very similar to a guy named Dak Prescott. Now, Dak's probably more athletic, but I think Andy Dalton still has a winning record as a QB and uh, been to five, uh, the playoffs five times. Mm -hmm. Now, he's won as many games as the Cowboys. Zing! (laughs) But he is more of... Hey, we won one. Uh, he he is in more. Oh, oh, we yeah. beat the Seahawks a couple years ago. That touche. Uh, laces out, Tony. Laces out. But th- th- this is Damn it, off- not that Seahawks game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wrong one. But this is an offense that you can feel safe investing in because they have the best backup quarterback in the NFL, at least until Cam Newton signs. Another zinger. Kyle, what's going on with the fellas? What's going on with the red shirts, man? Uh, you, you won people some money a little while back on uh, some some daily NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, man. I've uh, I'm right. We're at the fellas, like I mentioned earlier, one episode a week right now. Uh, check out that podcast. We drop every Tuesday, so have still been a lot of fun over there. I'm writing for Red Shirts Fantasy Football. Started back up with. I joined them right before the season last year. Back up with them again, so I dropped a piece last week. Going to be writing a few a month for them, uh, right for fantasy pros here and there. And I was, uh, I am a NASCAR fan, so I talked them into because nothing else is going on. They're actually letting me write the uh, DFS article for NASCAR season, which has been was back as of last Sunday, and they're cramming all these races in. So yeah, man, I uh, had a pretty successful debut there. Really don't know, you know, didn't know what I was doing, but process worked out in race one. So. If you're just looking, whether you're a NASCAR fan or not, if you just want some DFS action, uh, just follow me on Twitter at KyleFFFellas. You'll find all those articles there and and everything else. So, man, it's been it, it's good to have some sports back, but I just I can't wait for football season, man. It's gonna be good times. Yeah, uh, and I said this on the Wednesday show, but thank you to the NASCAR family, Dana White, soon to be the PGA man, for having the courage to bring us sports back. You're you're laying the bru- the the blueprint to bring back baseball and basketball yeah. and most importantly for us the the NFL it's uh it's a it's a bold new world out there but but good news man good news you know the state of California is allowing teams the Lakers are already back in their facility practicing um, they're going to start letting NFL teams into their facilities this is great news for for those of us that are super passionate about the game of football Jerry anything uh, for these people no, this was a weird episode. I took it down some weird paths uh, several times. <laughs> yes. Whether whether it be that was a private group chat, Jerry. <laughs> whether it be whether it be dolls of pleasure or or the group chat, I took it down some weird paths. So, uh, luckily the uh, the FCC hopefully doesn't come knocking on our door. Yeah. Well, on on behalf of Achilles uh, won't. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, on behalf of. Uh, uh dolls balls and jerry and kyle i am memphis and here at the dynasty war zone we're just trying to make the world a better place for dynasty football we'll see you guys right back here real soon thanks for tuning in are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, 
you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands in Monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.